All right, so episode of Domcast 59. 59. With Jason. <sighs> Ari. <laughs> I thought you were going to finish it. Oh, shit. I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, You want to talk about working out as hard as a gay dude? Yeah. As hard as a a gay dude? Yeah, because, like, they work out hard, dude, but they only (laughs) work out their legs and, like, their ass. But they work out hard, dude. Just squats. I guess squats all day, dude. (laughs) Is that a term? Is that a hashtag? Squats all day. Squats for life? That's how they do it, I think. Squats for life. I wouldn't know. So, So how did you... How did you come about this information exactly? Okay, so I work at the Whataburger at the Pearl. Okay. And, uh, you know, at the Whataburger at the Pearl, uh, there's a lot of fit men, mm-hmm. very hospitality-driven men. Okay. And I work with them. Hospitality-driven. Okay. Yes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say Pride Week or none of that shit. Yeah. So... You know, I'm not trying to get me too by a gay guy. You know what I mean? No, so, yeah. You don't so, need that. <laughs> very hospitality-driven men. Uh-huh. And uh, we share a changing room. Okay. Now, what I can grasp from them is visuals of what I could be if I gave a shit. You mean, okay, physique. Physique-wise. Yeah, okay. But them, they look at me and they're like, dad bod. (laughs) You? Yeah, dude. They fucking eat my shit up like a cupcake. (laughs) So I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) It's true, though. Yeah. And I I respect their dedication to the gym, dude. Right. But only the lower body dedication, right? That's all they do. That's all they care about. But they're they not great. trying to like get pectoralis majors. Just titties are nothing. It's just the glutes. Just the glutes. <laughs> the money and the, maker. And then your your damn Achilles tendon. God so you're getting a pretty close look here. Are you? So you're well, in I mean, the changing we change room. in front of each other every yeah, day. That's nice. Well, I uh, guess. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean I'm not weird about it. It just happens. You know? Yeah. I just go in there, do it, and like one guy, a cook was changing one time, freaked out because I had rose gold nipple rings. Oh, I just yeah. See, this is new to me too. The other day you posted something on your story, and I I messaged you because I was like, damn, dude, I didn't know you had your nipples pierced. <laughs> I actually got my nipples pierced over my first piercings. I've had gauges. I've yeah. had a banana in my brow. I've had snake bites. My first or my nips. What? What? What drove you to that decision? Were you like... Uh, turned 18, had money. Okay. And it was something that you didn't want anybody to see? Well, not like real money, but like money I worked for. Like, I, I served at Chili's money. Okay. So you had some I was tips. like, I had $90. You know what you I mean? You had 90 like, bucks. Yeah. Like, I'm going to take these tips. 45 a pop. Yeah. <laughs> it's the 50, whole thing. 50 $90. for one, yeah. but save yeah. 10 bucks if you do them both at the same time. 45 a pop, baby. Yeah. Okay. I did it. Pack of smokes, both nipples pierced. Yeah. And then uh, I did it this woman, and she wrote a book. Mm-hmm. I guess I can't talk about that. I won't say the name of the book. But yeah, that'll we, we got a, she got a contract. I can't say we. I'm not speaking French. But she got a contract, and then uh, we got $45,000. It was split in half. Good one Lord. went into a savings, went straight into our checking account. Yeah. 
my god. It, for like eight months of my life, it was fucking stupid. Oh, I'm sure. I was like sushi delivered every day for lunch. Yeah. Like, I I didn't even bartend at the time. I didn't even want to. I didn't need to. I barbacked at this little watering hole, I won't say, around the corner. Yeah. And I just did that to make like 60 bucks a night in cash. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just take it home and be like, hey, baby. Hold on. Hold on a second, though. You yeah. were you were talking about your nipples. And yeah. it took this turn to an author girlfriend of yours? Yeah, because she's the one who bought me the real rose gold. Oh. <laughs> so okay. I really have okay. rose gold on my nipples. I didn't know where this went. I was like, like did she get a contract for you... writing a book about your nipples? I was like, Well, I'm the in the last chapter, but okay. we won't talk about it. But if I took my nipple rings out yeah. and I took them to a, uh, a pawn shop, yeah. I'd get real money for them. <laughs> You know, if things like, get really like tight, old cultures would wear their jewels and shit in their faces and right. whatnot. Yeah, they put, put all their the gold there. in their nose and yeah. the different stones in their ears. I mean, the Egyptians wrapped themselves with their damn cats. You know? Yeah. Oh, Frankie, you got Before nine the bank days. They just wear The savings was on the body. It was. Sweet Jesus, have we even introduced you yet? Uh, not really. Everybody, welcome to the longest intro ever. Welcome to 2019 Canton, Ohio's Hall of Famer, Mr. Jason Harari. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Very excited to be here, Dom. It's been too long. Yes, sir. It has. Um, since Kwanzaa, I believe. Since Kwanzaa, which the first day was... It's all about fellowship, I believe. I don't remember. <laughs> I'm going to have to do Kwanzaa again this year. I'll learn more about it, though. It's a lot of fun. Oh, definitely. I mean, I'm not one to speak of other people's culture and colors, but I love their culture and their color. So this brings me to a question, sir. Sure. People that create Instagrams for the animals. Oh, no. No, no, no. That's the worst. The worst? I mean, there's. I, I assume there's worse I mean, things, it's, right? Like racism might be worse than creating an Instagram for your pet, but I can't handle people. I mean, racism I they, is definitely worse. It's a, yeah, it could be. I guess no. Uh, I can't handle it. I don't like it. It's too much. It's. I think it says a lot about someone. Like I'm also, not that I'm. I'm not against religion, but like if the bio where it's like the Psalms, whatever. Yeah. Immediate just can't follow that. Just like Psalms 23. Yeah. Not for right me. There. And then, then the only step above that is like at and then like some weird name you click on it and it's like it's their fucking cat or dog. Oh, God. You know yeah. what I mean? That's too much. No pun intended, but oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, definitely. What's your problem with them? Or do you like them? No, I think they're horrible. What do first you think off, it says about someone? Uh, first off, I don't even want social media. I only okay. do it because a podcast and it helps my brand. Okay. That's it. That makes sense. Marketing tool. Dude, exactly. Yeah. If I didn't need social media to monetize off talking in a microphone, then I fucking, I, you would find me in New Orleans working at a dive bar, not giving a shit, going by another name, dude. <laughs> I don't even give my yeah. real last name out on this shit. Yeah. People call me Caesar. Oh, that's right. That's right. I didn't think of that. <laughs> I'm glad we haven't said it on air, but yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Now, I, 
I'm the same way. So I brought mine back. So I had the the one for the band. So same purpose as yours, right to market. And then shortly thereafter, I like deleted that one and decided, oh, I'm going to start a personal one. See what that life is yeah, like. Where I'm not promoting yeah, yeah. the band. It was a waste of time. Um, yeah. So I can't do it. I got rid of Facebook. And now the reason I'm back on and you're able to like tag me today. Uh, yeah, I, I, was, I wanted to sell some music equipment I'm not using anymore. That's literally why I came back. I still haven't Good. sold all of it, so I feel better without it. It's nonsense. Wow. Yeah. This is is this the first ever live you've ever said that you you sold your amps? Yeah. Where did you working sell? on selling them? Uh, I just posted some on there. I've got a couple your offers. Bass that, amps and guitars. Just bass amp. I don't need an eight by ten anymore. That thing was like a you know carrying around a small That's car right. everywhere. Yeah. I don't okay. Need well, you made it sound dramatic like you're quitting music forever. No, no. I just I don't need an amp yeah, big enough no, for an no. amphitheater. I got anymore. rid of I got rid yeah. of my Marshall half stack and I got myself a combo. Exactly. And the yeah. combo. Works I'm more perfect. like of an acoustic guitar, small bass amp. Let's write something kind of guy right yeah. now. But if I hit the road again someday, I'll sure buy it again. What was uh, when you picked up an acoustic guitar? What was like one of the first songs you played? Man, I think. When I first picked up an acoustic, it was a gift from the drummer um, for, like, my first band. It must have been, like, 15 or 16. And at that time, the Beatles one record had come out, like, just a few years before that. Um, so it was all Beatles music. It was like, what is it going to take to learn Blackbird? That was, mm. that was what I was at. So yeah. I had to, like, pick up a lot of chops, finger picking, really learning what the hell I was doing. And the goal was just to be able to play that song from beginning to end. Um, and then eventually worked up to like, can I sing over it? Which was a nightmare Oof. at the time. Yeah. But I'm then scared to sing, there. dude. Like I'm still yeah. scared. Like I can play a song perfectly or I can karaoke a song perfectly. <laughs> yeah. But if you put them together, I can't do it, man. Yeah. It takes a little while. And then eventually you get disconnected. Like then your hand is just doing it. Muscle memory. Yeah. I'm just, takes I'm not at years, that yeah. point. You're definitely at that point. I'm not, but yeah, you'll get there. Yeah, you know, I got to put in a couple more work, you know, a couple more hours. But. You got to pick a song, you know, like the back of your hand so that eventually it's just easy. It's there I think the last one I did was a rap song. It was uh, Lil Wayne uh, Pop Bottles. See, that might be why it's harder for you. Yeah. Maybe I had to use rap just to start to get into <laughs> it. I'll see. That's good. At least it's laid out. It's not like I'm picking up playing Maroon 5, dude. I can't do that right now. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we have a lot of topics today. Do you want to get into the worst dates ever? Yeah. Ever? Did you hear that? Yeah. Ever? Got that twang. The worst state ever? So, how did you... You submitted, like, questions, right? You put, yes, to put Instagram. Thank you for everyone that follows Instagram. And I made a picture of me that looked like uh, the chick from... Uh, what do you call it? The chick from Multipass. Oh, Lilu? Yeah. yeah uh, uh, Fifth uh, Element. I yeah. look like the version of that in this Instagram post, but people sent in, and that's dope. So, first worst date ever is from actually Hera Maria. Mariah Tanchia. No, she's actually one of her best friends, man. She's been a listener since day one. She's been right. A1 since day one, dude. So I respect any questions she gives us. So we got to give her we got to give her 110%, dude. Gotcha. She's listened to every single episode. So you put this on your story, basically just a prompt, right? Or like people to submit their worst mm-hmm. date? Okay. Pull it up right now. I got to see this photo of you. All right. Yeah, and I do like... I look like Dallas Multipass, but like Italian and a little drunk. <laughs> uh, 
One and only Tinder date. Oof. He insisted that he picked me up, quotations, in a giant truck. When he got out, he was shorter than me. Took me to see the second 300 movie. <laughs> the bust, yeah. Then drink at Cooter Brown's all on a Monday. Ugh. Then took me back home and forced a full mouth kiss on me. Oh, gotta love that guy. <laughs> Dude, what was he? I <laughs> this is a guy who was thinking, like, I'm really going to impress her with the second 300 movie and then a drink at Cooter Brown's. On a Monday. <laughs> on a Monday night. You His know? day off. His day off. I won't request a day off for you, babe. Sorry, but yeah, Mondays. But I'm Monday, free. I'm free on Monday night, dude. I can do whatever on Monday night. So they got fucking cosmic bowling. Yeah, that oh, that should have been a red flag immediately. Yeah, uh, you know, but he did take her to a movie. That's nice. He did buy her drinks at Creator Browns. Yeah. Here's here's the part of the date to me that's weird, right? <laughs> Is it like, okay, so clearly that movie, not as good as the first. Really just not that good. Definitely a movie sucked here. Had to. Yeah, it sucked. Okay. Cooter Brown's not where you want to go. The part of this whole submission to me that's really great is that one of the worst parts of the date is that he gets out and he's shorter. Like, as if he chose that. <laughs> like, I know he chose the movie. I know he chose a shitty bar. I know it was a Monday fucking night because clearly that's his day off. So he didn't put in that much effort. But then on top okay. of that, she's holding him for his height, which to me is amazing. Like, oh, you chose to be short today? <laughs> you couldn't have been taller? You didn't wear your boots. Yeah. You didn't get the extra four inches off the ground. <laughs> yeah. I, I get you. But the we've truck had, is lifted. We've had this conversation before about, like, uh, gum to tooth ratio and yeah. all yeah. that. Yeah. I think we've delved into that. Uh, and I imagine for girls, the shorter thing is a problem. Or, you know? I don't know. I've never had a problem with it. So on social I'm media. short, but it's like. I don't, there's never a drought. Well, you are dumb, right? So, <laughs> but doesn't mean anything. Uh, it's like, Jimmy. Uh, H- that's like Jimi Hendrix saying, I'm like, when he, they said, you're the greatest guitar player in the world, he goes, I'm the greatest guitar player in this chair. No, Dom, shut the fuck up. Anyway, <laughs> you know, I mean, come on, but here's my thing, right? So that must be a huge deal for girls. Not girls that you know or meet, but what I'm saying is, you know, okay, so I have a buddy who's, who will go unmentioned, uh, lives for dating apps. And okay. I, I would say his success rate is like 3%. Okay. But oh. yeah, you know him. We'll talk about it after we're not on, on, off on mic, the air. Yeah. Off mic. Um, this shit you can get on Patreon like, if we had one. <laughs> 50. Exactly. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, 50, 50 of like the accounts that he's shown me, like there always puts her height. Because hmm. I suppose they're like, look, if, if you're at least not 5'7 or 5'8, don't even... Wait, they put the height they want or no, how their tall they personal are. height? How tall they are. Hmm. They'd be like, you know, I'd go to Texas State. I wouldn't believe five, any six. of them because women wear the damn heels all the time. Yeah. I wouldn't believe any of that, though. They put it all the time. Hmm. And so for me, I'm like, that means, you know, if you're not 5'9, don't submit, right? My buddy's short, so... I guess so. I don't know. Like Little Wayne says, I walk around like I'm seven feet tall. And I don't know. Again, I, like, that's Little that Wayne. Shit. Danny DeVito gets laid still. You know what I'm saying? These are very <laughs> famous. These are very famous well, cool dude, people. I'm not the tallest man in the world. Yeah. I've dealt look, with this. Dude. Like, how tall do you think I am? 
I'd say you're five seven. Five seven. I'd agree with that. I wouldn't even. Do, I wouldn't. You don't even, even know. No. Oh fuck it. All right. I think my license, uh, driver's license, says five nine, but I may. You're five wearing, nine. I may have been wearing boots. Are you? Sh- so you're my size, and you're as tall as I am. Ish. I was probably wearing boots. <laughs> I just. You're saying you're short. I'm assuming now you are. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, dude, I am. My mom was five foot. My dad was like five six. Yeah. I have my middle brother's like six two, six one. The fuck. And then. My youngest six brother, two, six one. Yeah, he's he, he's a. Yeah. My brothers are like that. They're both way taller. Like I like six two, and a six foot brother. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what happened to me, but I don't know. I mean, I I consider myself a five nine. I don't know. It could be totally off. Yeah, maybe you're five nine. I don't know. The cops taking pictures of me. Do you get bothered by girls that are taller than you? No, actually, black because <laughs> they're all the same height laying down. Is that how that works? Uh, not always. Like I can't fuck in the shower. So laying down is dope, uh, but standing up is not cool. Because it's uh, dangerous or just a height thing? Uh, just like the height thing. Yeah. Like, I don't, I'm not carrying a weed whacker with a lawn that needs a lot of weeds taken care yeah, of. Okay. So, you know, if I'm in a shower, like, I have to be in an old people's shower. The one with, with the, the chair? The chair in it, the little <laughs> bench. Yeah. Or and handles. then. We can fuck in the shower all night. Yeah, I yeah. don't care. <laughs> oh my god! But so this has happened. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, usually mm, this is my old days though. I'm. A, I'm. A, even though I'm younger than everyone in this room right now, mm-hmm. I have an old soul, and so. Yeah. <laughs> he looks all confused. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We got our friend Kyle Rinaldi in the house right now. Do you want to say what's up? Howdy, howdy. Howdy, howdy. Hey, howdy, howdy, ho. So, uh, yeah, I couldn't, dude. I was like, getting on my tippy toes. I'm like, dude, I don't want my calves to hurt just to have sex. Like, then I'm not going to be able to come. So I just couldn't. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, dude, if you're yeah, yeah. on your tippy toes, your calves get strained. And yeah. you don't want a muscle tear. Yeah, you don't want to get injured. I'm not going to fucking... I'm not going to rip my Achilles over some ass. I'm going to have to like sit out the next season. You don't want that. No, no, no. we don't. Kawaii 5-0. Oh. Kawaii 5 So, I don't know. I felt like, though, um, and I've expressed this before, but African-American women mm-hmm. really love me. Yeah. They love my shit. I don't. I don't know. They love everything I say. They love the music I listen to. Because yeah. I've been listening to Aretha Franklin and Al Green, and at night it's like fucking future and Lil Wayne. You know what I mean? Yeah. They love my shit. I'll cook for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they're all like six one, six two, model looking, beautiful women. Sure. But I feel like they love me because they can just kind of like pick me up and put them in their just pocket. Keep you in their pocket. How did you? Okay, hold on. <laughs> so. Consistently, this is a thing for you where, like, you know that this demographic mm-hmm. is a hit for you. Yes, I've been tracking numbers since, like, 2003. So, uh, before, <laughs> pod- yeah, you've got a you got a chart, like, around the country. Yeah, yeah, where yeah. I got, some, okay. I got some facts behind them. So, do you, and those are the taller women that you do. I can't. I don't, I don't know. even know where to go with this. I can't. <laughs> I can't even. 
<laughs> say it's taller women. It's just yeah, so this whole time, the taller so women happen to be African American. All okay, right, now all right. we got through that. We got right. through that. All right. This is like the, the oh god, that was like a fucking really weird bridge across. Like the hospitality people. <sighs> <laughs> okay, now I understand what you mean. Now I get it. All right. It is your personality. We're good, you know. So I think it's probably what I'm going to marry. Really? Okay, cool. That's cool. 100% think I'm going to marry a black chick. Yeah. I'll get each other. Dude, I'll just like listen to two chains while I'm cooking her eggs. Yeah. At night, I'll put Al Green on. She'll be all about it, dude. We'll we'll watch reruns of like fucking. Oh, it's going to be good of what? (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. The Cosby Show with no still family. Yeah. Before, before yeah. Cosby got exposed, just like, yeah. He seemed like a nice guy. You know? Yeah. He had the best sweaters. You know, she, she, you know, I don't even know if I'm mad if she carried me around in her pocket. No. That'd be a great life. I think so, dude. Yeah. Uh, we've been living... Dude, we've been working, paying our taxes, and supporting women for so damn long. <laughs> when is it our turn? Like, there's hunter-gatherer m- mentalities. I yeah. understand that. So for you, Dude, it's more like the equal pay for equal work thing. It's like it's not really that I want to. It's just like just level up so that I cannot work as hard. Uh, basically, to me, not really that. Though. No, I was hoping it was that sexist. I. It wasn't, though. It's not. It's just like I'm 30 now, and I've worked for 15 years straight. So I've worked for half my life, and I've done it all on my feet. Yeah. I just want to sit down. You want to do it on your back. (laughs) I know that sounds stupid, but I'll be that white girl starfish, you know? Like, I don't give a fuck. You want to be a stay-at-home dad? Dude, I would do the best laundry. The best dishes. You love wine. Yes, I'll buy the best wine while I cook you a steak. Yeah. You know? Uh, For the right price, I'll give out his number here on my Instagram. Just slide in the DMs. (laughs) Who even made that shit up slide in? Do you remember growing up with the slip and slide (laughs) with the fucking little pebbles and the rocks and the grass? Yeah, it'd fuck you up all the way Dude, down. But you still you, pretend you're having the best time of your life. Yeah, but you would even check the grass for like 30 minutes before. Before you laid it down. Yeah, I did at least. Yeah. I remember like with my brothers and like our neighbors and all that. And yeah. like we, we we actually got two slip and slides, made one long one down our backyard. Sh- didn't share a fence. So it was long shit. Oh, okay. So you could just go all the way through. But we looked. Imagine like six kids looking at grass for like. 30 minutes for every rock and pebble. And we still got cut up. Still got fucked up. Still got cut up, <laughs> yeah. son. Yeah. It doesn't fucking matter, I guess. And I love, like, the one friend who, no matter how many times you told him, like, don't fucking slide right after me, man. He still did it. So you slide <laughs> down, you hit the grass, and then this dickhead just slams into the back of you the second you hit the grass. Yeah. Who is that guy? Uh, we could... We can... Uh transpose him to many different characters i'm sure in yeah. life in general in my life that guy was always named michael or devin it was the devin that's weird i yeah. i only know a couple of devins i won't say their name but their name is devin yeah um <laughs> shout out to my devins uh but i don't know many devins a weird name that always followed was michelle was one 
Like okay. I dated multiple Michelles, which was fucking weird. What do you attribute that to? Because I would get mad sometimes. Yeah. And I would just be like, Michelle! But I was thinking about the other one. Yeah. But she didn't know. And then I was like, damn it. I'm dating too many Michelles. Oh, shit. So I had to break it off. So how many? How many ish? Ish is perfect. Is ish a ish. numerical number it right is. now? That more we... than one, but we won't say how many. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ish works. What do the Mexicans say? I got a... Uh, when they say a fuck ton in Spanish. Chingo. Chingos. Yeah, chingos. Well, I don't have chingos of Michelle's, but I have an ish amount. I've dated like a lot of girls that always had like Kate, Catherine, or Caitlin, and Elizabeth in the name. <laughs> like almost all of them. So clearly white girls, right? Dated a lot of white girls. But yeah, it was always like something Elizabeth or Elizabeth something. And it was either Catherine, Caitlin, Katie, Kate, Anne. Yeah. Anne Rose. Their oh. middle name. Dude, how many women have you been with whose middle name was Anne? One. That's enough. Yeah. I won't say the last name, but the, well, I won't say the first name. <laughs> That'll give me away. But yeah, my first girlfriend, middle name Anne. <laughs> well, you just named all, all the names earlier. Uh, but it's the combination that I'll give them away. I won't tell you the order. Okay. Let's go to another date question. Okay. All right. This one is sent in. This one is sent in. In two parts. Ooh, it's a long one. Well, I guess this is part one. First date, he asked me what I was thinking about. I said nothing. Part two. Asked him what he was thinking about. He said, how good of a mother you'll be. Oh, no. Dude, that's no. No, that's no. a beautiful, classic breed of material line right there. So you, so good line or bad line? I mean, if you're talking to like some breeding material and you're you know, you're trying to Genghis Khan the world. It. Yeah. You say some shit like that. No way. I no. could never. No. Either that's a ballsy move or a super, like, clingy, creepy move, right? It's either, like, I'm so mm. confident that I'm, you know, I know you want to be with me long term. Or it's a, I need to get this done. Like, I'm getting old. <laughs> I need a family. That's true. Damn, I don't know. I don't know the division between that. Either this guy's confident. Well, but she took it wrong, right? She's submitting this as like worst date ever. Yes, but now... Well, actually, I don't know if this is... Also... I can't say who... Let me take I don't a know. Quick, let me take a quick poll here, okay? When you ask a girl, what are you thinking about? What are you hoping she's thinking about? Dicks and clits, dude. Sucking That's a it. fucking hedonism. That's it. So his recovery was that line. That was like, I better go wholesome. Because she did not say what I was thinking. She just didn't answer. So he went the other direction. He's like, you'd be a great mom. No. We know what he... How many times have you... Have I want to bust a hot one between your legs. Exactly. But like in the most wholesome way. Oh, God. Because let's... How many times growing up, and especially when you were younger, right? You're like 17... Sitting in the back of a car, which like, why are you sitting in the back of a car? Oh, yeah. What, what are it, you? What are you thinking about? Why are you so quiet? Yeah. Mm, we know. Damn. You know. That's why what that was shit that went time? Tough. What was that time for you? Which one? Like when I asked that? No, like when you were in the back of a car. Oh, 
well, fucking gave myself away a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I mean, just like when you were uh, a kid. You don't have to. No, it's fine. When I first started driving, right? So, like, you'd 15. have your car. 16. You know, have your car. I was in high school. Um, a little different. And, uh, you know, you didn't have your own place. You were at hotel mom and dad. Rinaldi, can I see the thing? So you'd pick, you know, <laughs> pick up whoever, your girlfriend, go to a party, and there wasn't really anywhere to go. You end up, you know, listening to music in the back of the car. <laughs> There's no music in the back of the cars back then, dude. It's just hot and air conditions. Yeah, do you put it on in the car? Do you have tape, cassette, Prince, Purple Rain? It's definitely CD. What CD was Something it? really emo and what embarrassing. What was you? No. Yeah, like North Star. The early no, November. No, you know. Don't, yeah. don't guess. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm saying that time period, right? That's what I was listening to. Okay. The back of the car, and then she'd ask her, you just like, his he, dipples. What, right? what are you thinking this about? This motherfucker's dipples are so cute right now. He's telling this story. It's <laughs> pissing me off as a straight man. Okay. I'm in the right. hospitality industry. Because <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to call this episode. All right. Hospitality industry. So yeah. you're in the back seat. What I'm saying is when you were young. No, no, you're, tell, you're tell in the back me. Seat of a car. I'll tell you the backseat story of mine. Okay. You want it? Kendrick Lamar has a backseat freestyle. You're young. Nobody had the balls to really say what they wanted or they wanted to make out or whatever else you were going to do. So you always asked the question, got quiet. What are you thinking about? Classic line. It's, it's, it's what the. Was, what was your most. Uh, what was the answer you got the most? I don't know. What are you thinking about? Just like this whole thing. You know? Oh, damn. Yeah. You just made my whole podcast feel like a weird Snapchat back to back. Why? What are you thinking about? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I think human when you were beings, young, you didn't know I think say. human beings, though, are like, uh, I think they're happy. Like, uh, like we really didn't know each other mm-hmm. until this podcast. You and I. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we knew each other, like, through the band. I'd see you. Yeah, I'd see you out. We were always, would say what's up, talk a little bit, but you yeah. not in depth. Yeah. And, uh, but when we started doing the podcast, the first one was kind of like our first time ever speaking, really. Like, yeah. And we created a friendship, which was kind of crazy. Yeah, I love it. And people loved it. And then the Kwanzaa thing happened. Yeah. And that went off the rails. Well, and see, and honestly, like, you and I text back and forth, but most of our in-depth conversations have been on air. Like, right here. They have. Yeah. But So, really, people are... It's really short and quick, but it's very political, too, when we talk. Yeah. That's one thing people don't know, I think, about us as friends, Mm -hmm. that we can... We we get a little political, sometimes a little conspiracy. Well, yeah, I was was conspiracy light till I met you. You introduced me to a lot of crazy shit. What do you think about the drone that just got shot down by Iran? I think it's possible that they did it. Um, I think it's a wag the dog situation. I think Trump's in hot water. And what's the one way to get the media off? Let's start a war. They made that movie back in the late 90s, Wag the Dog. Remember when the whole thing was going on with... uh, I don't. I want you to explain that to me and the audience. Yeah, so basically there was a movie... So it's like the tail wagging the dog, right? So what you do is to take the focus off, and presidents have done this in the past, it seems like they different issues seem to kind of arise. They've been ramping up this Iran thing for a while, right? They We left Iran. the deal. Iran. Iran. So we left the deal. I'm only saying that because Persian ex-girlfriend, yeah. but still respect the culture. I hear you. Iran. Uh, what they've done is when we left the deal, 
now all the sanctions that we have. Well, basically, their agreement on how they were not going to be enriching what they were doing. So basically to get to like being nuclear, um, they ditched it now. But we're responsible. We left the deal. So now they're saying, well, if you're not going to keep up your end of the deal, we're going to do our thing. So they keep drumming that up. They're building that up in the media. You see Fox News and Trump talking about that stuff. I don't know I why they're surprised. Today. Yeah, and I don't know why they're surprised because we left the deal. So how can you hold somebody accountable? Then you have this whole thing with the ships that we caught them blowing up. Um, a lot of those ships in the countries around there are allies, so we don't want them messing with trade, especially when it has to do with oil. We know how much the U.S. loves its oil, so we don't want them to fuck with them. It's liquid gold. Well, and we'll say we're defending our allies. Really, it's the end product, right? Oil that we're defending. Yeah. And then you have... Dinosaurs. You have Trump right now, inches from an impeachment proceeding. You have what? It's not going to happen. Fifty. Per- I know, but 50% of his you know, crew, his campaign is now in jail or charged or indicted. Mm-hmm. Way more. So in all his first elects, I don't think anyone's left. No. Right now everybody's like a stand in, right? They're like yeah. waiting for them to, to you know point someone. My thing is what sucks is right now he's got if it just took a little bit ten percent more motivation to start some bullshit with that part of the world, he's got it because of the situation he's in with right now. So I think it's like a wag the dog thing. Like it's just it's just going to make it that much easier for him to pull the trigger on something stupid in order to take the focus off of the heat that he's about to get. And we've got this election coming up. A lot of like wartime presidents get reelected, you, you know. So, and uh, what Democrats? I mean, it's only going to be a Republican Democrat. I'm libertarian. You yeah. know that we've spoke about that. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a very big Rand Paul fan, even though he has to run as a Republican basically to. Mm-hmm survive but um what democrat do you think is going to represent against trump i mean he took down hillary and he wasn't even trying she just so like what what democrat is going to give him a fucking chance well so i think hillary's problem was that like she had been in public life for so long there was plenty of material right okay and then the whole benghazi thing but trump not as a politician, right? So he's been in public life just as like a public figure. Yeah, People was... love him because of business and all that horseshit. No, they love him for uh, beauty pageants. But so Obama, think about Obama. <laughs> he ran Miss Universe. Yeah. yeah for, I mean, he bought that whole thing and was running that. My thing is he didn't have like a political track record, right? So Obama was viable because they, he was so, so well, he young was in the game. Well, he was super Republican or he was super right wing, I would say, because where do all the people that hang out at the golf course and the club go to right he builds those places right and then he parties in la with all the left-wing people right his whole life he's seen it all oh and he used to i mean long I, before I he think ran. he's incompetent to run this fucking country and that's been on record from me for a while but no one can stop him it, he's undeniably good at PR, right, and marketing himself. Like yes. his his worth is based on literally what his last name is worth on the side of a building. So he's admittedly good at that. My problem is is that I think Biden isn't strong enough. I think Sanders no. had a shot, and now that's fallen away. I think we've got a lot of really great candidates that would be better presidents. I don't know that any of them have like the brand name recognition that Trump has. Hopefully that'll change, but we're in a different era, right? Because like for Obama, everybody said, oh, well, he hasn't been in the game that long. Is it really his turn? That was the perfect time for him to go, and he didn't have a shitty track record. He, he could come didn't, in. There was, was a very little shit. school the whole time. Well, he was incredible, though. But I mean, brilliant guy, 
but had such a short political career before he ran, there wasn't a lot of shit to talk. Beto's kind of that way, but he's not polling well. It's it's scary for me that the they need to get their shit together. The Democrats need to quit being pussies because do you think any Republican with all of the shit that has gone on right now would have waited held back this long before impeaching the motherfucker? No. Are you Hillary but Clinton week I, one impeached done? Yeah, but the thing is, ah, uh, dude, it's just being an American. Yeah. It's like I don't. Even though Trump's running this thing like a train off its tracks, he's still holding it together, and I wouldn't trust a single Democrat right now. Yeah. To take over. So you would. I think we would go in two fucking wars instantly the second we have a Democrat in office. We'd go to Iran and North Korea. See, we I, would, think, I think we if we don't get this motherfucker a lot of their trade, out, he gets a little bit more pressure. That's what I'm saying. Well, he can only do eight years, so I mean, like what? Dude, I he know. could do some horse shit in eight years. Have you seen but who's fu- going to beat him? What's the date? What's the date right now? It's June 20th. June 20th, 2019. Yeah. We say it right now. Yeah. Do you think he's going to win? Yep. 100%. I don't think so. All right. My problem, though, is that I can't say who will beat him. But he's he's beatable. But that's my okay. problem is I can't I can't give you the answer it's like oh, record, Biden's though. gonna win. Biden and Ronaldi, you heard that. It's on record. Yeah, I heard you, you said it a couple weeks ago too. Yeah, Trump loses the next election. But we can't. So who? I don't know. But it can't be Biden. This guy went out today. Was talking about he was Definitely talking to Biden. to uh, racist politicians. He keeps. Hugging on women when he shouldn't, sneaking up on him. I mean, it's a fucking train. Kissing like kids, dude. It was weird. I don't know, man. It it can't be Trump, though. So let's switch subject back to uh, date questions. Yeah, give us another. We still have people are sending them in. Okay, good. Okay. Are we saying their names, though? Should we tell? Uh, Is it like a shout out? Would they appreciate it? Are they going to be embarrassed? I don't know. You know what? Like at first, when I started doing Instagram questions, I would say the name and their handle. And then now I just one of my rules was never say names okay. unless you're telling a story to promote someone. Sure, you know what I mean. Okay, fair enough. Like I like when I tell a story, it's like you know, that broad. Yeah, you know, it sounds horrible, but you know what I mean. Like whatever. I got you. So I don't know, man. I don't do the Instagram names anymore. I don't think so. Yeah, and you know what? You never know. Maybe both parties are listening, and you don't want. You don't want that. Yeah, I don't want to give people's emails and yeah. handles and all that away. Phone numbers, socials and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. This is a two-parter. Okay. All right. Uh, the date itself was all right. But when he picked me up, his gym bag was in the back seat, and it smelled like it had been left in hot Texas sun for capitalized weeks. <laughs> Clean your car before a date. Two exclamation points. Yeah. Of course. What are, What is your pickup etiquette on that? I had a buddy tell me so, and I will shout it out because he's a, he's a fucking gentleman. He's, he's got it right. He uh, introduced me to this, uh, this notion, which I had never had the problem before, but he's like, don't you ever pick up a girl. And need fucking gasoline. That is that is that <laughs> no, is the that, weakest a, move. You pick yeah. up a girl and you go straight to the gas station, like put gas in. It's like what the fuck? Yeah, like you couldn't just put gas in. Full tank all yeah. the time. Immediately, 
loser move, right? Yeah, you got to be a fucking full tank. Yeah, or just just have gas to get there and back. You don't need to be stopping at the gas station. Not if you don't have, if you don't have enough money for yeah. gas to get to where you're going, yeah, you're not going to be able to pay for that dinner. Or and if you didn't even think about it, it's like, come on, you don't want the girl just sitting in the car awkwardly with the car off and you're like pumping gas. That's a fucked up first date, right? You can't do that. Yeah, and you don't want to keep it on because I still think it'll explode. Yeah, they're either like this guy's fucking. Living on the edge, or that would, I mean, I still fear that it's weird. I've done it on accident before. It's happened. I've dated a woman who did it for years. That's, I mean, have you ever like she'd have her radio on and everything and just stick the fucking gasoline and start pumping it? And I'm I like, think it's, it's there's bullshit. an engine in here, dude. Yeah. No, You're it's pouring it's different temperature gasoline though. It's got to be bullshit. And here's why. When's the last time right. I put on the news and it's like, hey, car blew up at the 7-Eleven. Oh, they left the, the engine running. Never. Heard never. Never heard of that. So, shitty gym bag in the back of the car. Shitty move. Clearly. Should have washed it. Should have taken it out. Yeah. Like I said, my middle school teacher, dude, he always said, if you don't go and take your uh, gym clothes to get washed, you're going to get jungle rot and your penis is going to fall off. And he told me that in sixth grade. And I was like, welcome to public school. Yeah. Also, Actually, seventh grade. It was seventh grade. Yeah. Because I went to private school till sixth. So seventh grade, that was my gym teacher, Coach LeBlanc. What else did he teach? Probably uh, health. <laughs> Health and probably uh, one of the algebra classes or math. When you took, okay, so when you were, because I went to private school, but when you were in public school, did you have like a sex ed talk at some point? Yeah, I had one. And what did they tell you in there? Because mine was like, it was super Catholic, very like, well, you don't do this at all. And it's like, that is the worst practical advice on the planet. In private school, we never really had one. It was just like, you're not going to have sex anyways. Yeah, don't do it. You'll die and go to hell. So it's not even a thought. Yeah. But then when you go to public school and you see some you see some cheeks hanging out, you know? Yeah. While you're trying to hoop it up. You know, things <laughs> can get a little serious. Oh my so god. So I think um <laughs> that was the turning point. I didn't know where to go because I was like, man, my pastor's gonna kill me for thinking these ways. Yeah. Mom my my mom and dad, they're, they're paying the pastor to teach me these ways. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it was a whole system. So where did you get your advice? Uh, where did you learn about it? I mean, is it's a Google thing? No. Nah, uh, damn. You know what? I don't even want to say it. I'm just going to say, like, uh, some barbecue is saucy, some is a dry rub. Okay. <laughs> okay. My thing... Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know that I ever had, like, a class on it or learned about it. I mean, I just, like, knew what happened. Also, the internet existed, right? So, like, we, we saw oh, some yeah. porn. But I remember, like, when we were we were in Catholic school and I went to an all-guys high school. So, like, they tried to teach us about health, but nobody was taking it seriously. So, the, our questions weren't like, oh, well, like, you know, what about condoms and stuff? Guys were asking questions, like, because obviously in, in the Catholic, well, not all Catholic religion, but I will say the way that we were taught by this one particular guy. The reason I asked, he was also our gym teacher, uh, that it was not a sin as long as you were married, but that, that it needed to be like, this is so fucked up. I don't even know how we talked about this in there, but that it was a sin. I guess if like, if you put in the butt, 
Well, if here's the thing, as <laughs> no long, as long anal, as it is, dude. But here's the thing: we asked the, there was a, there was a kid like in our anal. class that asked, "Well, what about anal sex?" And his thing was, "It's not a sin as long as it leads to vaginal sex." That's the stupidest. As long as shit it's like foreplay, and I'm like, yeah. First off, there's a contamination issue here. Okay, so you're not a very good health teacher. That's Secondly, what all the, like the Mormons and shit do. They just butt fuck each other until they're married, and then that's like the ongoing joke about. That's on girls. record. Rinaldi, write that down. Say I said all the Mormons butt fuck each other until they get married. All right. All right. Cool. So you've dated Mormons? No, but I know it. I mean, I'm I'm really well versed in all religions and philosophies. Okay. I spent a lot of my life, uh, not just searching, but like when you go to a private school and you have to write cursive Bible verses every day, and yeah. you, you do this. And it becomes institutionalized in your brain. When you leave it, it's not like you stop looking for something. <laughs> it's like when I went to public school, it's like I don't have to go to church every day, but I'm still, I still need what the fuck, you know? And so that's when I uh, started, I guess, adventuring out. Like I had friends that were Muslims. Right. I had uh, like friends that were Jews and they didn't even. They were like, we killed Jesus, fuck it, but we're the firstborn. And I was like, what? It's like, it just contradicted everything I knew. And then I had friends that were just poor. Yeah. Like, yeah. And they were just like, yeah, man, this is life. And I'm just like, fuck, dude. I so for you, it was like, you went out, you ventured out because you wanted to know, you wanted to explore, you want to learn religions oh, yeah. and all that stuff. And then uh, I got into Stoke philosophy. Okay pre-Socratics and then into Stoic philosophy and I felt like I read the uh, 48 Laws of Power mm -hmm. and then after I read that someone lent me that book and then I lent that book out to someone else and I never saw it again so it's really hard to get a copy but I got a new one so I probably have to lend it to you yeah I'd love that so you can read it have you? no I haven't uh, it's a very powerful book but I think it's uh, represents everything I believe to be honest. Okay, well, shit. So, 48 Laws of Power? Michael Green. Okay. I haven't read that. I'll have to read it. I think you'll appreciate it. I don't know how uh, we got here from anal sex. But we're going to take... It's 46 minutes in. We're going <laughs> to... Let's take a break, right? All right. Sounds good. But it starts with one thing. I don't know why. It doesn't even matter how hard you tried. Keep that in mind, I designed this rhyme to rob myself why I tried so hard. Things mm. ain't the word before. We're back. Uh, yeah, we're back. What's Welcome up? Welcome back. Jason Harry in the building. And we are reading uh, a book of wisdom, I would say. It's yeah. I classify it as that. I think so, yeah. I don't know if it's totally philosophy or history. I just... It's like a little of both, right? So... Yeah. Modern application to old philosophies, looks like. Yeah, it's uh, it's written by Robert Greene. He does um, the forty. He does the laws of attraction, the art of war, and also the guide to human uh, belief philosophy. But anyways, so we're gonna start off at law number one. Never outshine the master. Yeah. Now, this is something that will help you in the business world, I guess, everything. Yeah. If you ever have a, if you're ever a subordinate to anyone, it's the way to go, right? Well, especially like in business, corporate world. Yeah, you can't. Anything. 
Because then it's just uh, outlandish. Kyle Rinaldi back in the building with his Popeyes. <laughs> He's got Popeyes. Okay, law number two. Never put too much trust in friends. Learn how to use enemies. That that one, what is the, there's like a little caption below it. What can you, let's see. So it says, be wary of friends. They will betray you uh, more quickly for they're easily amused to envy. They also become spoiled and tyrannical. But hire a former enemy and he will be more loyal than a friend because he was, he has more to prove. In mm-hmm. fact, if you have more to fear from friends, in fact, you have more to fear from friends than from enemies. If you have no enemies, find a way to make them. <laughs> That's real. That's good. Damn. That was like a mic drop at the end. Yeah. Find a way to make them. What do you think about that? I think uh, you can't be like, you just can't love it. Everyone's not going to love you. Right. Like, well, if you're doing something good, you tend to make enemies, right? If you're succeeding, if you're if you're finding your way to the top, that's yeah, when people pe- start to have problems with you. Exactly. So it, if, it's if like if the, you don't, and everyone loves you. Then what are you doing? I don't know. Yeah, if you don't have people hating on you, then I guess you're doing something wrong, right? Is what people always say. So it's like love your haters, keep your enemies closer, and you keep your friends. But how do you feel about that? I feel like I've been in that situation before. I've totally done something or benefited from somebody who like is basically like diametrically just like opposed to what I, my success, right? Like mm. the competition there, like if I succeed, he's not and vice versa hmm. and like keeping that friendship or that relationship close can benefit you. You can, you can like find a way to like leverage that. Right. Yeah. But hundred percent. The thing is like, I'm also all about being genuine, right? Like trying not to, yeah. like, how do well, you do this without that, being a piece of just, just using people? But then this book kind of tells you to use people. Well, you have to use your conscience yeah. through all of it. Maybe it's using them not at their detriment, but for your benefit. I don't know. Flip to another one. All right. <laughs> Flip to another random. There's 48 laws in here. Okay. So much depends on reputation. Guard it with your life. Uh, reputation is a cornerstone of power through reputation alone you can intimidate and win once it slips however you're vulnerable and it will be, and you'll be attacked on all sides um, it says make your reputation unassailable always be alert to the potential attacks and thwart them before they happen meanwhile learn to destroy your enemies by opening holes in their own reputation then stand aside and let the public opinion hang them <laughs> that's heavy yeah this, this now is you serious, have feels about that yeah i do um do you want to talk about him on the mic or off sure, the mic? Sure, we can talk about it on the mic. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, we were talking about this during the break a little bit. I think that basically, as far as reputation goes, like the more, as of late, like after having been busy, kind of like in my own world with the band and everything and just like worrying about me and my boys and what we're doing, been meeting new people, going out to new places and stuff. Um, definitely hanging out with the same. Yeah, world. expanding you know, my circle and stuff, but obviously keeping the core very tight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's very few people that I trust, um, or that I would really, you know what I mean? Like people, like I've, I've got like people would say, Oh, I've got plenty of friends, but really like core circle. Um, I feel like a lot of those are mutual between you and I. Um, yeah, I'm sure. But yeah, like as of late, I've been hearing all sorts of like crazy rumors about me or like somebody that I'll meet for the first time has heard about me. 
and they've got like all these stories to tell me that they've heard from people and they're just complete nonsense just outlandish some of them like i've heard um well then let them out yeah i've heard let them out yeah i've heard people uh for instance i've partied with people and done drugs with people drugs that i've never done and never probably will ever do um i've been asked if i've done certain drugs or how often i do them because they've heard that i do and i don't which i mean hey if that's your thing people should are free to do whatever they want this you is have not to my remember game. still you were in a rock and roll band, you were a rock star for a while, so people assume, right? Yeah, and it comes with the territory, and I totally understand that. Um, I've heard I've slept with people that I've never slept with before. See, that's frustrating. As a yeah. man, that shit's frustrating. Like, yeah, some guys will like brag about how many women they slept with, but if you accuse me of someone I haven't, I yeah. get fucking pissed, dude. Yeah, I'm like, no, you're out of your mind. It never happened. But they always believe the woman. Right. And so if a girl gets asked the same thing, I'll sh- if she denies it, um, typically it seems like the guy comes out like a fool and was lying about it. Like, oh, why'd you, you know, he was lying. He was pretending because he thought it was cool or she, you know, she's good looking and he wanted to say that he had or that she was interested. But as a guy, if you get accused or somebody says you have like, there's no plausible deniability there. You just say like, absolutely not. And they're like, okay, are you sure? And it's like, yeah, I'm absolutely sure. I remember that event. Dick. It's yeah, weird. but the you know the assumption is that well clear the air. What are some other things they said, man? Just clear the air. Get um, it out there. Yeah. Most of San Antonio is going to hear this, huh? So most of San Antonio is <laughs> going to hear this. Well, yeah, yeah. My no, just, numbers don't lie. Like most of San Antonio is going to hear this. Just shit. that stuff, you know. Um, clear the air, man. Yeah, I mean, just that typical shit, you know, that I'm a dog. I treat women like shit, or you know, I all that stuff. You the, know, the classic. That look, when I was young, I made mistakes and I was a shitty boyfriend. Oh, when I was like in but, my early 20s, I was the worst boyfriend ever. Yeah. I, and so was I. There was like um, women that I could be, I, dude, there's women I could be married to right now if I wasn't such an asshole in my early 20s. Oh, sure. Sure. I've, and I've dated are, amazing girls and I just, know, I was young and I didn't know better, yeah, didn't know how to be in a relationship. I did the same thing. I, I think a lot thing. of people don't know when they've reached the mature, like, I think most people that think they've reached the point where they could be in a successful relationship are typically the ones that are not. They're not ready for that. So it's like a matter of like maturing as your own person. And I feel like only as of recently have I gotten close to that, you know, because when I look back in retrospect and I look at like how I was in relationships and things like there's a lot of fault and it's easy for me to be like, oh, she was a bitch or this sucked or it didn't work yeah, out for whatever reason. You can always go for that. And doing that. But yeah recently in the I past I did that few when years. I was young. I was like, she was yeah. crazy. Yeah, of course. It's right? like, no, she was crazy because you made her crazy. You made her nuts. Yeah, and I'm not an easy person to deal with and I know that. So a lot of times I'm it's not like, either. Trust dude, God bless the girls that have You only have to past, talk to me difficult. for like an hour and a half. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> it's uh Could you deal with me 24 hours? No, you couldn't. Man. Yeah, I feel like dating me should come with a disclaimer of like, are you sure you want to? Okay. But no, I was difficult. So I understand that, like, you know, some of that may have followed me, um, but it's bizarre that at 32 years of age, I'm just now hearing all these, like, crazy weird stories about mm-hmm. partying and chicks, and some girls have said I've slept with them that I've never slept with, and I, I literally got told by some guy who was, like, a big fan of the band, and he told me that there had been a rumor that I had done, like, I was smoking meth, 
in the bathroom at Jack's. Seriously. Which, like, if you know no, me, no. like, that would never. That's I not don't. Even a, it's so far. A thought anybody who knows me, like, when I told the guys in the band, they had like a good laugh, you know. But I'm, I was like destroyed by it. I'm like, what the fuck is so funny? Some person is literally saying that they saw me, and how could this person lie like that, you know? But then. That that's immaturity on my point on my behalf, right? Because it's like people just lie, people just make shit up, and sometimes when people get called I don't, out, don't look at the negativity at all. Yeah. Well, and another person's opinion of you is not going to change your life at all. Yeah, and it's not, most people think about themselves. Yeah, and it's not so much that it, that I'm bothered by it because I really I think at my age and like the past few years, the way I've grown, it doesn't it doesn't bother me like it doesn't upset me, but it's like it's intriguing to say the least. It's like who has the energy to like, I don't consider myself to be somebody that's well known in town, right outside of the band. And if you're not in the music scene, so like, why would I even be mentioned? It's just weird. So, and maybe it's also like that. Maybe I talk to people also, that know people, but maybe you're, well, you're maybe you're just well more known than you think you are. Well, I'm sure. Right. And well, that's what I'm learning. And I mean, if people are, have their, your name in their fucking mouths. Yeah. And I mean, people I've never met have, have said stuff or that they know me and stuff. And Dude, mind you, this sounds very like back when I was bartending. It's, it's like, why? Just no, back when I was thing. bartending, people had crazy stories. They're yeah. like, ah, oh, this guy drinks a bottle of whiskey a day. a day. Like, yeah, crazy shit. No, I never drank a bottle of whiskey a yeah. day. Dude, like, it's just people say that stuff and just you get a. Brush your shoulders off, dude. And so many people don't have the balls to just be themselves. And I think that because people like you, myself, a handful of others are just like unapologetically like with a stranger. If you're going to ask me what I think about something, I'll fucking tell you as politely as possible. It's it's being real, though. But Yeah. And if I'm going to go out and have a good time and have a good time. And so many people are so scared of being themselves that I feel like they find that threatening. So they say, like, this guy's fucking crazy. Like, he just does what he wants, says what he wants. And. And it's like, well, yeah, that's how you should be. And you'd probably be a lot happier if you did the same. Yeah. You know? So, I think everyone would. Yeah. But so many people find that threatening. That's confidence building. Before I met you, before we had this podcast. Sorry. Rinaldi's wrapping up a bunch of chicken <laughs> with the ketchup. Um, <laughs> ketchup for the french fries. Noted. Before you and Write I really. Write that down with the Mormon stuff. Before we did the podcast and all that stuff. I remember hearing about you. Uh, we had mutual friends, and that they're like, "Dude, that Dom guy, he's he's wild, man. Like he's crazy." Like, and I was like, "What?" And then the, when I met you, I was like, "That's one of the kindest dudes I've ever fucking met." Like upon meeting you, we had a drink together. Yeah. Um, Shot the shit. Yeah, and I think for me, I the more just like blunt somebody is, the more open they are the more they're like unapologetic of themselves the more i'm attracted to that type of person the more i want to be a part of that circle because it's that confidence or willingness to like be vulnerable is really attractive to me you know i think i think uh that's one of the reasons i wanted to start this because like no matter what i wanted to say i was like and this is the one year anniversary we haven't even said it yet yeah happy anniversary anniversary. yeah there you go no thank you man man. oh thank you man you were a part of you were a big part of it so that's awesome. Yeah, you're rocking. I'm, I'm really proud of you. Uh, I'm happy. But I just wanted a platform to where this is mine. I had ads in the beginning offered to me. Said no. Yeah, I like, remember talking about fuck that. Fuck that yeah. shit, dude. If I'm going to do it, it's going to be local. And it's going to be who I want to talk about. Something you but care about. But I want to be yeah. a platform for free speech, literally. Like, 
let's we've talked about some crazy stuff dude jordan literally said he would lick trump's asshole to free babies out of cages <laughs> like that's been in the last year yeah the you, Kwanzaa special was even crazier. Yeah, Charlie. Dying to Frank Sinatra in a empty yeah. coral bed. <laughs> if you people don't know what we're talking about, you got to go back and listen. Yeah, the Kwanzaa special was amazing. Charlie just rocked it. Oh, His stories are always fantastic. Show, dude. Yeah, he's so good. He has so much to say, right? Like amazing stories that you wouldn't believe. Um, so, okay, and here's one of the things that I like about your podcast is that you know going into this, you're going to say some stuff that sometimes you'll fuck up or will rub people the wrong way or that you're going to have to answer to later on. But it's like, you know what? You're going into this honestly without like ill will or like bad intentions. You're just trying to talk, get to know people, get to know the world, get the world to know you. And yeah, it feels it's cool because I know that like this is going out to everybody, but the setting is very like, I'm just going to say how it is. And we're chilling, dude. Yeah. Uh, one of the quotes that I heard, because I had really bad anxiety when I started this podcast, like yeah. probably like the first five, six episodes. And then I heard this quote that said, you've already said the thing that will ruin you. And yeah. I just thought about that. And I was like, you know what? If you're skating on thin ice, you might as well dance, baby. That's very true. Like you've already said things yeah. going to ruin you. Yeah. The thing that's going to bring you down, you've done. Mm-hmm. It's there, so just keep moving, or yeah. you know, bend to it. That's where that's why we're here chilling while Ronaldo's <laughs> eating Popeyes, dude. <laughs> what did you order? Spicy. Well, today I ordered a number five, crispy, spicy, spicy from good. old Popeyes Louisiana style kitchen. Did you get uh, red you. beans and rice with it? With the Cajun style french fries. There you go. Come on. <laughs> I do like the red beans and rice too, but they make them so much smaller than they used to. Yeah. That's kind of, well, you know what? I think it's just like being young. Because I thought cereal was a lot bigger when I was a kid, you know? <laughs> so like the red beans the and rice. The portion's the same. You've yeah. just gotten bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like when I was a kid, when I got red beans and rice from Popeyes, it was like, fuck popcorn bowl you know what yeah, i mean yeah. now i get them like what is this thing popeyes is like a relatively new thing for me and i feel like really? it kind of ruined me because yeah like i had their red beans and rice and i thought they were delicious and then like i had a couple of amazing dinners in like new orleans right there were like proper red oh. beans and rice and i was like these fucking suck yeah. just because i want popeyes flavor but yeah. it's, the, the real ones taste a little bit different they're you know supposedly way better the real shit. And I'm like, no, fuck you guys. Popeye's That's has a GMO cornered. free. Yeah. Popeye's good. yeah. That's a GMO free titties, dude. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen them on Bourbon Street. I love uh, New Orleans, just by the way. Everyone knows. I'm a huge Drew Brees fan. We should have been in the Super Bowl. Oh, that's you. That's right. Uh, it hurts. Uh, but anyways, what do you think about... Well, should we do another law? Sure. Pick just another refer- law. Just, just anyone ra- random law. Any okay. random law. Okay. Okay, control the options. Get others to play the cards you deal. The best deceptions are the ones that seem to give the other person a choice. Your victims feel they are in control, but they are actually your puppets. Give people opinions uh, that come out in your favor, whichever one they choose. Fence them to make choices between the lesser of two evils, both of which serve your purpose. Put them 
in the horns of dilemma. <laughs> oh my god, it's like podcasts. They are gored one. wherever they turn. Holy shit, that's law thirty one. Nah, it's just yeah. It's like you know, put yourself. My lord, <laughs> <laughs> you like so, you didn't even read the whole chapter. That was just the intro. Yeah, that was it. just the that's the intro for that that law thirty one. Control the options. Basically, it's like getting your enemy to pick the lesser of two evils, but what they don't realize is whichever one they pick, they're fucked. You win. But giving them the feeling that they have control over choice is what gives you the ultimate. Pretty much, I feel like this book is how to beat Vegas. (laughs) How to beat Vegas. Yeah, Yeah. that's what they should call it. You bad at math. This is the way to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Can't count cards? Read this book. Read this book. Oh, man. That's awesome. So what about you? I mean, we're talking about this reputation thing. Okay, yeah. Um, Tell me about that. You're pretty well known, obviously. I don't know, man. Some people know me, do, but it's more that I just met a lot. I've never met a stranger. Okay. I just, like, love people in general. Sure. And uh, even at my job, like, that's why I still love what I do. You at the Whataburger. Yeah, at the Whataburger. Yeah. Like, every day I meet. I do between like 20 to 35 covers a night. Okay. So that's wow. 20 to 35 different people I meet every day. Yeah. And I do that five times a week. And I just love it. I just hear these stories and perspectives and they come from different countries. And yeah. Like I, it just, to me, that is what it's about. Like, and then I get paid for it. And I, I, I don't feel like I should, <laughs> yeah. but th- I get paid for it. Yeah. And so I get, I'm happy about it. I think so. Like I've, I, I found this, I don't know, like rep, I'm not reputation, but like, like I'm going through some, you know, a gentleman doesn't kiss and tell mm-hmm. and neither do I. Right. But I'm not, you know, I, I don't want to talk about my personal life too much about what's going on. Sure. But what I do every day on a personal level I fucking love. Okay. I love every aspect of it. Every dude, like that's why I said I don't even drink wine anymore. I tasted too much good of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's like it's lost the luster of it. Like, not really. I mean, I still learn, but it's like when I get off work, I want a cold beer. Yeah. Once you've had like eleven hundred different wines. (laughs) Yeah. It's not like I'm trying to go home and. Drink a bottle of something from H-E-B right now, you know? Sure, sure, sure. Not saying H-E-B doesn't have anything good, just saying. Yeah. Shout out to Mike. Hashtag H-E-B. H-E-B. Yeah. <laughs> what do you feel about Whataburger selling out to Chicago? I think it's heartbreaking. I. Ugh. It lost its Texas luster, didn't it? Did. It did. It was that thing that, like, it's so funny how you take pride in that stuff, but especially, like, when we were touring, you know, we'd go around and people would take us to, like, these are the best hamburgers, man. Or you got to check out this mom and pop chain we got up here. And it's like, I'm not talking about like going to like in Oklahoma, they have this place in Tulsa called the the tavern and they have this tavern burger, which was perfect for us because their happy hour was like late at night, which means the hamburger that's typically like $30 is nine bucks. It was an amazing deal, go. right? Best hamburger you can get, but that's the tavern. It's not your chain. It's not yeah, in yeah. and out. What that's a burger, what burger unique. King. Right. What I loved about Whataburger is that you could travel the country, but like everybody just said, yeah, no, you're right. When when I'm in Texas or whenever I see a Whataburger, that's the fucking best chain yeah. hamburger you can get. And now I feel like something I took pride I'm in. I'm torn, though, man. Yeah, it went away. I'm torn, though. Because I kind of want the rest of the country to taste what we're doing, but I don't trust the rest of the country to do it how we do it. 
I just We've feel done if it they right start fucking so up the menu, like okay, yeah, if like we get a dollar menu there that's like let's say shit, we drive to I'll Chicago, yeah, a year from now, yeah, we're in Chicago chilling, whatever, watching comedy shows, seeing something, eat some food, sure, right, yeah, and there's a water burger there, okay, and I get a triple meat, triple cheese, mm-hmm. and it comes out like McDonald's, dude. Oh, that's what I'm saying. I will lose my mind. That's what I'm saying. But do you think we'll get that out of hand, or do you think that they will keep the integrity? I think the only way... I felt like keeping the integrity was keeping it in Texas. That's... that's Well, and I believe that. My thing is that what they will learn is that since most of the country doesn't know what Whataburger is, when they go get their number five in Chicago and it tastes nothing like ours, they're not going to be... They'll be none the wiser. They don't know any better. Yeah. So even if it's good, but it's not Whataburger good, they'll still make profit. They'll still survive, and they'll fuck the whole thing up. Because at some point, you go to Chicago, you do all these things, somebody buys you out. Eventually, the company's publicly traded, and now you're not beholden to all the Texas fans that want it to taste like the number five. You're beholden to this. T-shirts got tattoos. Yeah. You're you're about now. You're you're you know you're beholden to the to the guys that own the stock in your company or, or buy a share or people that just want to maximize profit because it was a slow growth for whataburger for a while and i mean look how big it is you yeah. can't drive down any road in san antonio without seeing one just about and if they fuck it up i swear to god i know i want them to do it, it right yeah so the rest of the country could be like i'm i am not an in and out fan see i like in and out no, I don't I've made it I, I like it publicly clear. I don't I don't understand the rave. I don't get it. I like it. I'm I'm okay with it. It's good because it's better than McDonald's. It's better Whataburger's than Burger King. Whataburger's way better than In-N-Out. Can you it, Absolutely. You, Whataburger's the best. Like let's just that's that's okay. the baseline. Whataburger's the best. In-N-Out's really good okay. for something that's in a lot of places. The it's problem, fighting for second or third. Something like that. At least. The problem is that I don't ever want to meet the day when it's like in and outs as good as Whataburger, right? And I feel like that's where it's headed. Mm-hmm. Burger King yeah. against McDonald's. Yeah. We don't want that shit. No. Nope. And also, Whataburger was priced for what you're getting. Like, it's not the cheapest oh, yeah. hamburger shop either. No. But, you, but I would you, gladly pay 12 bucks yeah. to go get my 12, hamburger $13, all the time. $12, $13, a triple meat? No like, problem. Yeah. Delicious. You know, after this podcast, we should go get some Whataburger. <laughs> yeah. It's the consistency. It's right that down like. the road. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and then here I am talking about consistency, but McDonald's they only don't... tastes like itself, and it always tastes like itself. No. I don't care where the fuck you get it. And by the way, I'm not saying that I like McDonald's, but I don't hate McDonald's. But their consistency is on point, and that's, you go part, get that's the che- key. That is the thing. And if people don't know what Whataburger should taste like, then where is the mark on consistency? These are facts. Yeah. It is kind of crazy how they kept it so consistent across multiple countries as well. Mm-hmm. Not just America. I can go to Thailand and get a hot and spicy chicken. Yeah. That's going to be exactly the same. Dude, and fast food places are fucking countries up because, like, Mexico didn't used to have, like, and not, not just McDonald's. I'm not saying they're solely responsible, right? Actually, we're here with this conversation where we're talking about, like, the Egyptians actually had fast food. Back in the day and all that? No. What are you talking about? Uh, I guess it was, maybe it was Martwick. We got into this thing about um, like ancient Egypt mm-hmm. and then the Aztecs as well. And they had 
essentially taxis and fast food back then. Okay. Like fast food, like so you show up. Yeah. And, and you the just, beans and rice were you ready. You say one, two, or three or <laughs> yeah. whatever. And, and then you get that one. Boom. And you go. And then you can yeah. get a ride. A taxi. See, so I see. I totally see that in Mexico because. But it was. Okay. And here's the point, though. It was a different kind of fast food because in Mexico, you can go to any taco shop. They have it right there. Tacos al pastor, whatever you're going to get. Boom. Ten seconds later, it's in your fucking hand. Tacos al pastor, yeah. That's the shit. And it's always there. You can just walk up. You don't have to sit down. Yep. You just quick, cheap, easy, in your hand, instantly. That's what makes some of those going. taco trucks on the Strip legendary. Yeah. The one right there by the White Rabbit in between uh, uh, Brass Monkey. El Regio? Yeah. Yeah. That, that place rocks. Shout out to them. Shout out to them. Yeah. They're amazing. A thousand times over. They're fantastic. So I believe that. My thing is, fast food changed in Mexico, right? Because the taco used to be as quick as any hamburger you could ever get. When I was a kid in Mexico city, I remember growing up and like a McDonald's came in. That was like, it was kind of a big deal. Not that we didn't have any McDonald's, but the one that moved in our side of town was like three stories. Beautiful. Hmm. The food was whatever it, it's going to be, but it what was a big do deal with the three story McDonald's. It was packed. It was huge. And in Mexico city, real estate, like in New York, can't really go sideways. It needs so to go, go up. up. Um, that's the cheapest way to do it. So they had one there. It was gorgeous, but it was like an event. We treated fast food or McDonald's as let's go get American. And it was like a hmm. treat. It was fun food. It was like, it's Friday. We do this once or twice a month. The kids want to go play in the play place. This is America and you can have a hamburger, right? Hmm. The problem is impoverished countries like Mexico, the way I see it, and I may, may be completely wrong about this, but fast food is just as cheap as anything else. And these people are not used to eating it, like ingesting this kind of crap all the time. So Mexico now is, has the highest rate of obesity out of any country in the world. I thought we owned that. We did until Mexico. Wow. And I think it's just people they're whose metabolisms to... are not used to taking this kind of stuff in. Or they're just their diets completely changed. became accessible and cheap. Well, the FDA really doesn't care what they put in any fast food, to be and honest. And especially in countries like Mexico, you think that, I mean, for God's sake, like an FDA is going to do recall and anything. Yeah. So now they have access to something that's cheap. They're all poor. They're going to eat it. It's like. It's true. They're not going to recall anything. No. Look, God, and I love where I'm from. Okay. I'm not trying to talk shit about Mexico. I fucking love it. It's my heart. When I go there, I get emotional every time. Just the language, the colors, the smells, the city, everybody, the people hearing the, the language I grew up on just being spoken everywhere is a very emotional it's if somebody's ever from a place and they've been like uprooted, even if you live there for three years, I don't mm-hmm. care where you're from, Iraq, wherever, mm-hmm. go visit it. You're, there's something about being born in another country and that culture being a part of your everyday life that when you go back to that place, you feel like married to the dirt there. Like that's where you should be. And I feel Dude, that way. You really transported me there. Yeah, I in love my it. mind. No, I'm telling you, it's like I, I saw the colors. I almost felt everything. like I was on the dirt. I'm telling you. And, and, and I feel that magnetism to the ground like i need to be here unfortunately it's really hard to live there and it's dangerous and there's a lot of big problems there but there are a lot of really weird problems like when i was a kid i couldn't have fresh strawberries there because you can't scrub a strawberry and those seeds on the outside if they had watered those strawberries with dirty water or sewage water a lot of places and that happens you don't know i could get violently ill i could get really sick i mean i've Hmm. had cholera before i've had amoebas before i've had all sorts of stuff so Weird things like that that you take for granted here aren't commonplace in Mexico, right? So boiling water before you make lemonade. 
Like, yeah. having to brush my teeth with bottled water. That's why they probably hate Americans so much for these anti-vaxxers. Oh, sure. Absolutely. I used to come up here to visit the doctor all the time. I was down there for years having some weird allergy. Came up to a doctor here, and he's like, oh, here's your problem. You're not being tested for this allergen because in Mexico, red dye number, whatever it was, is still legal. We outlawed that in the States a long time ago because a lot of people are getting sick. I remember that. Yeah, so I was eating chocolates, and, like, for instance— there was a Kool-Aid that was being made down there that was red. Mm-hmm. So for me, anything, like, I would get sick. I'd get rashes all over myself, feel like shit, yeah. I'd throw up. And so I'd come up here. They tested me. They're like, oh, dude, this is this is all it is. They just did that whole, like. And they were just experimenting on us. They yeah. didn't know if it was going to work or not. Yeah. So in return to what I'm saying, it's like now you introduce, you know, a country like that to McDonald's and stuff. It's like it's cheap. It's accessible. People are going to eat it. You know, and there's a lot of poverty in Mexico. That's one of the hardest things about it. It's like, you know, can't be decentralized. Everything's in the center. It's in Mecca and big cities. The people at the top hold all the power. I mean, Mexico is a great example for the idea that why trickle-down economics doesn't fucking work. And people mm-hmm. think it does. You may have – my opinion is that it doesn't. You the middle class, a, you keep squeezing the middle class. You and, just you build know. a big ant hill. Mm-hmm. And the middle class gets squeezed and you have like 70% poverty, 30% wealthy to ridiculously wealthy. Yeah, and it leads 1%. to these health issues. You yeah. know, 70% of the people can't afford organic lettuce, but they sure as hell can go spend the equivalent of a dollar on a hamburger. And sometimes that's all that they can get. That's enough calories mm-hmm. to keep them through. Keeps the your stomach full. And it's, you know, it's sad. And, and, and mind you, this is coming from a place of love. I love Mexico. But if you do travel to the more rural places, you would swear you're like, where am I? This can't be Mexico because Mexico has a fuckload of wealth. Has a shitload of wealth. It's an amazing place and there's some really amazing things going on there. A lot of money in Mexico. A lot. But it's distributed very scarcely, you know? So I've I've experienced it too, like the actual like from Mexico where they're like uh freckled and blue eyed. Mm -hmm. Spaniards, you know, yeah, it's just incredible land wealth is what mm-hmm. it is. They just own so much land, yeah, and that's it. That's all you really have to do is own property. Mm-hmm. I mean, John Locke says life, liberty, and property. Yep, he never said pursuit of happiness, right? He said life, liberty, and property. That's what gave you status, in the United States. It's that's all the status in the world yeah. in general. When, well, I mean, but when this country was founded, it's like in order to even have like initially voting rights and things like that, you had to be a land owning male, white male. Sure. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's what gave you that was true wealth. That's what gave you some form of value mm-hmm. in our political system. Facts. Yeah. I'm Weird. floating on like that damn song. We're one hour and 18 minutes in. Yeah. I hope you're driving to work fine. I hope you're at your office. I hope you're at the gym just cranking it out. <laughs> just legs and ass. Yeah, man. <laughs> the gay man's workout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, like, you're a frog. I don't know. But not that wasn't against the French. All right. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right. We got a question, bro. Yeah. What are your feels on intermittent fasting? I think, okay, so we were touching on this in the break, but I feel like it's essentially white people not eating breakfast. Yeah. (laughs) So 
<laughs> we were talking about Mexico earlier, right? And like, or, or other countries that like have like food insecurity issues. And in the United States, we're like <laughs> breakfast, right? So like, there's there's people all around the world that would just do anything to have three square meals a day. We're skipping them. Yeah, and here we're like, you know, we're pompous as fuck. <laughs> Yeah, just skip the first one so you look good. <laughs> you want to look skinny. Famished is is famished is in. You know, famished is in. Yeah. Do you look hungry? Because that's hot. Yeah. yeah. Lord. So that's 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 our view on. That. Have you ever uh, have you ever done it though? Have you ever committed yeah. to it? Uh, not well. You know, I but I've tried you, it. I think you physically look well. No, I mean like. You're definitely not overweight. You're not yeah. obese or anything like that. I don't think you're underweight. Yeah, no, I'm not. I think you're I could just... lose a bit. That's why I'm going to the gym. You know, I want to get back in shape. It's, I mean, I'm, Jesus, it's been a long time since I've you consistently worked You did go out. to the gym. Yeah. And you, that's why it took me another 45 minutes, though. Anyways, <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. Had a good time. Uh, Shout out to uh I think Bessie. if it's healthy, good for you. You know, if it works out. I, I'm definitely intrigued by it but i mean it is like when we put it in terms of like skipping breakfast and like how ridiculous like first world that is yeah it's kind of absurd but i really felt like when i grew up i only had breakfast if i was at my grandparents house i don't think like i really had like i never had breakfast every morning it was just wake up no i prioritize breakfast like if i had like a test in the morning and i needed like to be awake like the SAT Brain classic, food. even if it's a cold slice of pizza, eat fucking breakfast. Like you heard that every time you were mm-hmm. taking like standardized testing yeah. or the SAT or whatever, which I get it. Okay. But yeah, fuck, I don't have time for that. I'd wake up like with minutes to get to school. Yeah. Have to be there by eight traffic. I don't think I they should breakfast. have kids waking up that early, dude. Yeah. Their well, brains are still fucking growing and you yeah. have these kids waking up at 6 a.m. Well, and they're assuming you're getting to bed at nine, right? So- what do you think about the way that like cultures like like the Japanese do it? They get to school about the same time we do, right? And then they end their day. I don't know. You have to. Yeah. So tell when, me. When, so the foreign exchange students in high this. school were telling me they'd wake up as early as we did, go to school till about three or four, go home, eat dinner, and then they'd have tutoring from like seven to nine thirty or ten p.m. What? and then go back. So there was like school part A and then part B every day, five days a week, and sometimes like on Saturday they also had school. And that's, mm. I mean, I imagine that's probably that's why they what, achieve the very disciplined culture. Yeah. Yeah. Very disciplined culture. Yeah. So what are we, are we, if, since we're falling behind in education in the United States, right? Literacy rates and things like that. Are we fucking up? Like, do we need, do kids need a bigger break? My niece just went in Denver into this new thing where she's going four days a week, but for like a couple hours longer. And they're having a little bit of a longer school year, but she only goes Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday are off. I like that idea. That's a new a thing lot. in Denver. They give them like a longer day. Dude, those four Denver's days. the most. Colorado's the most progressive state right now. They're crushing it. Yeah, they I even really think job. before California. I mean, mm-hmm. they just legalized shrooms. They're doing this with schools. I think the smartest thing is the way that they sold this whole thing with marijuana and all that. The taxes was that in order to make it palatable, they made. They said the benefits are going to go to education and infrastructure. Right. So when they committed themselves to that. It really did a lot of good. And whether it was just a selling point or not, I mean, my niece's schools are amazing. They're nicer than most universities in the United States like that I've seen, right? So like all of them have brand new IMAX. The classrooms are beautiful. They're always renovating. They're building something new. Hmm. First class everything. State of the art everything. And They have the extra guap. They do. 
so much of that surplus ended up going into the educational system over there and they're just they're doing really good stuff for their kids and they are like you said progressive and liberal enough to kind of experiment with these new world Mm. things and uh my sister-in-law who's a teacher says that all the studies on this four-day school week thing um seem to be really really positive less stress for the kids they get that longer break they can do some homework if they want to gives them time for sports extracurricular they typically wouldn't have family time on the weekend maybe what are you dad do- is only off on sunday or something exactly and what are you doing at nine years old on a tuesday night nothing so why not go to school till six nothing yeah why not yeah then you're off friday saturday and sunday you're yeah. gonna get your rest you still sleep get your weekend in yeah maybe start an hour later run it two hours longer we have the ride <laughs> yeah to party exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man an hour 24, my man. Yeah. This has been a fucking... What's up? Man. I don't know if I hit any note great right now. What's the Paul Mitchell clip? Paul Mitchell? Yeah, on your mic. Uh, all right. So long story short is I've dated pretty girls that like to go do hair. Okay. All right. So I have some accessories. <laughs> okay. I just wanted, I didn't know if I've it was a, like, I don't know what you did with it. It seemed purposeful. I use it in my hair if I need to. Okay. But I have a whole Paul Mitchell shaving kit. Do you really? Okay. All the guards, all that kind of stuff. So that's the secret. The pretty girls that like to do hair, man. There you go. I mean, <laughs> besides half your age plus seven, that's uh, pretty standard. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're... What did, when, 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 yeah, when does that? Well, it starts after you. I don't know. You're you're already old. Once seven means eighteen, right? Once the plus seven is eighteen. Is that what that is? Half your age plus seven. Yeah. So as long as you're twenty-two, you're okay. half my age plus seven. Maybe fifteen plus seven. Yeah. Twenty-two. So the rule starts at twenty-two. Because then she's eighteen. Yeah. That's how that works. I wonder, when, that, I wonder when the payoff is amazing. Is it like if you're 60, that's 37? Yeah. That kind of rocks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Do you think that there's a time when like... Women men, do it. Jennifer Aniston is going to do it for sure. Oh, absolutely. And Jennifer Aniston should. But my question is... Right now, J-Lo's in San Antonio. Is she really? And guess who she's with? Who? A-Rod. Really? Damn. Yeah. That's some confidential shit I shouldn't have said. doesn't matter because we're not staying at the Whataburger at the Pearl. There you go. So, so it's not a big deal. We're good. What um, A Rod brought his kids to and everything. One of my friends and I were talking the other day about like there's an age where at some point attractive doesn't even matter if it's just younger. It doesn't even matter what she looks like. Like at some point, an older dude or an older woman is like, I don't really care what he looks like. The guy's thirty, and I'm sixty-five. That rocks, right? <laughs> is that doesn't that happens at some yeah. point, right? No, you're right. Yeah. yeah, at some point, like attraction is not like how you look; it's how young you are. Yeah, for someone, right? Yeah, but also I imagine it's seventy. I mean, I mean, thirty I, looks amazing dude, no matter I mean, what it is. I don't know, like, like what age would that be for me though? Like, honestly, now, yeah, not younger, just youthful. I guess, fun. dude. Yeah, yeah, fun, like that outgoing spirit. Like, people, like, the world doesn't give a shit about you, and it never will. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? The yeah. world doesn't give a fuck about you. It's never going to pay you back for anything. you got to survive in the fucking jungle. We live in a weird capitalist one that's never been this big. And this fucking cat is hitting this pen. <laughs> Thank you, it. bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I can't even need it. Or else I go to jail. So, like, we grew up in this whole... <sighs> Damn it, where were we going, man? The world doesn't give a fuck about you. And yeah, the we're in this weird jungle that's capitalist. Okay, we're a weird capitalist jungle. The yeah. world doesn't give a fuck about you. Uh, damn it. Because we, weren't we doing the like half rage plus seven? Yep. Yeah, so I don't know where it falls. But it's just like that youthful, uh, the free mind, dude. Yeah. Like Once people turn, I don't know. Like I don't know when the average time life kicks you in the ass. For me, it was about, like, 26. In what respect? What do you mean? Just, like, in general. It was kind of like, oh, fuck. Law and order actually exists. I'm not exempt from anything. I'm not special. I'm not special. I'm just a piece of meat in this fucking factory, essentially. Yeah. It was about age 26. And I feel like... It was the law that made me feel that way, but it did. It killed my youthfulness. So I'm intrigued. Do you see it as like a gift that you feel this way now, or is it like it stole something from you? I feel like it stole a little something from me, but like I'm not the Peter Pan boy anymore. It grounded me. Okay. Like I was definitely that Peter Pan boy before. Yeah. But it's now I'm anchored. And do you feel like maybe that that people are in such a rush to like grow up, right? Like everybody's like, oh, I need to. I always think so. Oh, all the time. Kids. I need to grow up and married. have kids. Exactly. My thing is, don't you feel like after what you've learned, I feel a lot of the same way, right? Do you feel like, don't you just feel like you could shake people and be like, no, stay young as long as you fucking can. Yeah. Like all these commitments, marriage, kids, science is out, people. 35 is fine. 40 is fine. Yeah. Most successful marriages don't work out when you're young and don't fucking know who you are. Go out, get your ass kicked, learn a little bit about yourself, mm-hmm. realize how, who you really are. Because you don't know who you are until you've been at the fucking bottom. Yeah, I think I hit rock bottom around 25. I hit yeah, like you my need, worst. And it is the healthiest thing in the world mm-hmm. to know what you you're made have of. To cr- you have to climb yeah. back out that damn pit. Yeah. And it's hard, man. You need a good year of fucking depressed, self-loathing. Oh, yeah. Everything fucking sucks. I'm never going to get out of this hole, so I'm just going to drink into it and really lean in. Vigorously masturbate. Um. Yeah. To fucking get up and be like, oh, it's going to be fine. Yep. And I might as well enjoy the ride. But I have no more dopamine in my head because I'm not healthy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was about like 25, 26. Yeah. So I guess when I say have your age plus seven, but like that youthfulness, you don't, you could be 35. Yeah. But if you still have that youthfulness, yeah, I love it. One of my best friends is 52 this year and he's got his shit together, lives, leads an amazing life. Um, it's very, very successful. Um, he is every bit of 18 in his heart every day. Wants to have fun, treat people well, wants to have, you know, the party, as long as everybody's safe and healthy, let's enjoy why we're on this fucking rock. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's how I want to be. And that's not saying that I'm against other people doing all that stuff because I think it's great. Hey, if you're happy and you're married, like my brother is very happily married, has amazing kids and his wife. It's just not for me yet. I think a big part of that was touring. 
going on the road all the time. I didn't have to grow up. I was like leaving for periods of time. I'd come back. Everybody had grown up or like my nieces were getting taller and like birthdays were happening. And for but me, you I froze. Yeah. My, my, Playing my shows, adrenaline rushes every exactly. night. And in my, my life would freeze, like pause. I'd come back and it'd be like push play again. Now real life or like life here mm-hmm. kept going without me. So that was a very weird transition. Like I didn't know how to go and do things that everybody else was learning to do because I didn't have to be equipped for that. Mm-hmm. There was catering at the venue. So I didn't know, I didn't need to know how to grocery shop yeah. for the week. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They, food so all there. that passed me by. So for me, I feel like I stretched out being young dude until like the last few years, like a few years ago, I was like, Oh shit. Mm-hmm. Real like, or life back home, not on the road, not doing this other thing. is totally different. Oh, yeah. It's very weird for me. Like going to Central Market. I remember I lived in Alma Heights. Come home, go to the apartment. I go to Central Market, and I'd about have a fucking panic attack because I was like, uh, I don't know how to <laughs> fucking plan for groceries. Like eggs, and it's fucking milk, yeah. bread. And I'm like 26 years old. Do I old, need trash bags? Having a meltdown at Central Market no, no, because I feel you. That... I'd come home with like cheeses that I liked and like ice cream. But my girlfriend at the time would be like, what the fuck are we going to do with this? And I was like, let's eat it. She's like, that's not dinner. And I'm like, I don't know how to do this shit right. Like, I'm not good at it. I remember I came home. I brought brought s'mores, a smoked Gouda, this fucking jam for it. Was it it the two for five H-E-B cheese special? No, this was uh, central. It was like this badass smoked Gouda. I can't go in that fucking store without spending $100, right? And even if it's like three items. A a six-pack of spot and beer. ultimator yeah a bottle of wine and that was it and she's like let me hold on let me just understand what you brought for dinner s'mores a six-pack cheese a spread for the cheese no crackers and a cheap bottle of wine i was like i don't see the fucking problem because (laughs) because like on the road this is what i want that i can't fucking get yeah so it was like this process and then i snap out of it it's been years <laughs> since, but it's like I'm You're glad that it was that to way. Civilian lifestyle. It was. It's a and like not that I'm gone. I wasn't gone ten months out of the year, but I was gone enough to where nothing was stable or sure for more than thirty days at a time. Hmm. So now that that's the case for me, like that's why I'm doing school and studying for the LSAT and everything. But this transition for me is like every time I really hunker down and I'm looking at this like five year projection, I start to get the itch of like I need uncertainty. Like I hunger yeah. for not knowing what's gonna happen, and I need to be in a new city it's with a people really, I don't know. Dude, it's a really weird thing. Like the one thing that drives me to play guitar is to be sad. Like yeah. the reason I haven't played guitar in a long time is because I haven't been sad. I play a blues guitar, so it's like sometimes I found myself in my early twenties to throw myself in positions to make myself sad, uh-huh. so I was inspired to keep playing. What you're describing is so real. I was desperate. I know of times in relationships that if I look back and I really think on it, that subconsciously were sabotaged because of my like need to feel something devastating mm-hmm. because everything I loved, everything that I connected with artistically, right? Like a painting or music or a movie. And I told Richard, my, our buddy, Richard, this in, in that really struck him. I was like the best things, the best songs are devastating. And, those are the songs I love. That's the music mm-hmm. that I love. Something that is devastating, whether it brings you like this positive light or it destroys your soul for that two and a half minutes. And what you're describing is so real. It's like I needed to shake things up because I needed a shake, little bit of shake, shake, well, shake it up. <laughs> Touche. But it needed to be uncertain for a little while. 
because normalcy and complacency is the killer of creativity for me. It is for yeah. me as well. A lot of people are like, no, you just got to wake up every morning and write till nine to four. And I'm like, yeah, but if in the middle there, I don't get go through something difficult. Then what do I do? Just play scales? Yeah, exactly. That and you have to live. That becomes life. the Olympics of music, and I'm not yeah. trying to like win a gold medal in playing scales. No, exactly. And it's like so many people. I can tell, and that's what's killing me about like this pop movement right now. And there's this show on TV called Songland um, that just like debuted, and it's about like songwriters, and they pushed their songs, and like they had like the Jonas what's Brothers. This on? And it's on. I don't know Fox or I don't know what the hell it's on. Okay, but. Word. It's a show where basically instead of like how well can you sing, it's like how good is your song? And then they have a guest artist and like all these people compete. They perform their song and then whoever wins, uh, the artist will play, perform that song or record it and then they'll put it on Spotify. The writer gets royalties, all that stuff, puts them on the map. It's a cool show. It's a cool concept. But I can't help but feel like in pop music, a lot of it right now. Well, they get nine cents to the dollar. Right. But what's heartbreaking is like I listen to this stuff and it's like I can tell like you haven't fucking lived a day in your life yet yeah you've just focused on like these are the this is the formula for a great pop song because I heard that's why the Beatles were so happy in the beginning yeah and then they got really good and they got really good yeah. when they got really sad sad and they were experimenting with drugs and stuff because they lived you know but that for me is like I can hear an amazing song but then like lyrically or whatever the content is like dude you don't fucking know heartbreak yeah. You don't know a fucking thing. That's why, dude, country music, some of it, I love it. Some of it's like, clearly this was some American Aquarium. Oh, my God. They have one of my favorites for Heartbreak Country. Yeah. What's, what's one of your Heartbreak Country songs? Rustin Kelly. Anything Rustin Kelly is just... I said that on my the Instagram the other day, and I didn't know who he was, and Bobby and Jordan lost their mind. Yeah. No, he... He is uh, Casey Musgraves' husband. Yeah, I, I like. Dude, uh, he's incredible. I like Casey Musgraves. Yeah, her new record's incredible. She, I mean, she deservedly got that award. Like, deserved every bit of it. But Rustin Kelly's, he's my boy right now. If you want to listen to something that's devastating, and it's just so real. And it's not that I want to be sad, but I want somebody when they're singing that I want to, I want it to believe. I want to believe it. I want to be like, this is real. He really went through this, you know. And it describes anybody's situation can be relatable when it's raw when it's real you know so i don't know a fucking thing about you know i feel that yeah yeah this is very you here i think this is a perfect episode what do you think yeah you play us out Thank you so much for coming over, dude. Thank you for having me, man. It was a blast. I know you had to hit the gym. Yeah, you know. You're getting old, dude. You gotta, you know, you gotta keep those uh, cardiovascular... Uh... Look, if I don't keep the thing moving, it's gonna stop. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> I've done a lot of damage to it. That's why those stories exist about us. It's like that... I never drink a bottle of whiskey a day. <laughs> My body's and you probably getting... have a fuck half to choose this pill blaming you for, dude. It's just yeah. what it is, man. It's like that we're turning into those old cars that like you take on a road trip and, and you're like, if I fucking it. turn this thing off, it may not start again. That's my body now. I just I gotta keep it going. <laughs> I gotta keep it going, or I don't know if that's it for me. Mine's kinda like uh the end of the night H E B ground beef, where it's like all of a sudden it's ninety nine cents a pound. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What I am, dude. The outside go- doesn't look so good, but the inside's kind of fresh. Like yeah, it's gonna be all right. Cook out, dude. You can cook out the germs. Yeah.
Well, and we, we got kind of deep today, but I liked it, dude. Thank you for having me. It was a little political. Yeah. A little spiritual. Yeah. Got some philosophy in there. A little bit of history. I liked it. All right. Well, we're just going to bounce on out like this. All right.